0: Welcome to the Astrology Rocks Podcast for the week of October 1, 2012, brought to you by Sastrology. I'm Michelle Suzanne, author of your weekly forecast at Sastrology. You'll also find me at starstruckastrology.org. If you're a newcomer to astrology, jump in. I will explain and hopefully educate as we go along. Now let's just dive in and talk about what's up in the skies this week. There are four planets changing signs this week. It's like lining up dominoes. One planet moves and the rest follow suit. Venus leads the pack, so let's start with her. Venus moves into Virgo on Tuesday. But before she does, she sends a sweet sextile, that's a 60-degree angle, From the last degree of Leo to Saturn on the last degree of Libra. The sextile aspect is linked to opportunities. Now, an opportunity won't necessarily fall in your lap. But if you work your mojo ever so gently, you could create a neat little new gig for yourself. Or commit to a relationship. Or earn some extra dough. So money and love, those are two of Venus's domains. Now here's the thing, in September of 2011, Venus and Saturn conjoined in Libra, and that's where Saturn's been hanging out for two and a half years. That began a whole new personal relationship and financial cycle, and then Venus and Saturn formed their first sextile in the third week of November 2011. Think back to then and recall if anything significant presented itself for you. Because this final or waning sextile may be connected to whatever was going on for you last November. At any rate, opportunity's knocking, so listen up, y'all, and be prepared. Because preparation is key when we're talking about Saturn. All right, so Venus and Saturn kiss on Tuesday. Then the following day, the love goddess moves into pristine Virgo where she's said to be in fall or in her not-so-happy place. Now, all you fine folk who were born while Venus was in Virgo, this doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It likely means that you lack confidence in matters of love and money, but we do grow through our insecurities, do we not? So, Venus in Virgo resonates with an appreciation for Virgo's virtues, such as humility, helpfulness, Hygiene, strong intellectual capacity, and an ability to see the parts that comprise the whole. Now, Virgo gets a rap for being picky. We've all heard it. And yeah, there is a possibility that while Venus is in Virgo, everyone goes a little overboard on the honey, let me help you routine, right? Um, There's really no need to neurotically fix everyone else. Uh, The best use of this cycle is to work on some gentle improvements you'd like to make for yourself. Maybe you want to consider your health regimen, or maybe you want to tweak your budget, or work smarter. Just be wary of micromanaging everyone else, no matter how well-meaning you may be. And no doubt you, you really do mean well, because Venus will be in an opposition to idealistic Neptune, as soon as she touches down in Virgo. And that can make for some confusion about what's important and what's not. So there's a line being drawn here between don't sweat the small stuff versus bury your head in the sand and it'll all be all right. (laughs) So we need to find that balance. When Neptune is prominent in the skies, as it certainly is this week, it really will help you to get into your creative side so that you can make beneficial use of Neptune's vibe. Because when you ignore that inner artiste, it speaks back in rather uncreative ways. Too much booze or drugs or whatever it is you do to get out of yourself. So, Focus on your creative and spiritual energy, and you'll feel less like turning yourself into a martyr for someone else, especially if you have a romantic partner. And you'll also weaken any need to just zone out. You know, if we were speaking in cinema, cinematographic terms, wow, say that fast, Five times. Um, I mentioned cinema because Neptune rules the cinema. Then we want to find that balance between the close up shot and the panoramic shot. In other words, pay attention to details but don't lose sight of the bigger picture. Now, to help us out with that, Mars moves out of his home sign Scorpio and into Sagittarius on Friday. And Sagittarius is a sign that really understands the big picture. So if you ever get lost in Virgo's intricate maze of details, go find yourself a Sag and let them pull you out of your Virgo box. Mars is a planet of action and drive. It's a fiery planet, so it's well matched in Sagittarius's fire element. I think of Mars in Sagittarius as a type of crusader. Maybe he's found religion, or maybe he's got a philosophy he needs to act on. He's on a quest for Sagittarius gold, and that would include finding the truth, fighting for a noble cause, actively seeking new knowledge that will expand your horizons and belief system, uh, finding adventure, going traveling. So Mars and Sagittarius may take you on a bit of an adventure tour between now and mid-November. And the first leg of that tour will involve a square or 90-degree angle to Neptune and Pisces. Here we go with Neptune again. There's a message here, and I think it's this. Be clear about your venture. Have a strong sense of mission or purpose. Because without that, Neptune will... Fog the windows so that you can't remember where you're going or why. The thing is, Mars is very connected to your ego. And that's the part of you that would like to be recognized or wants to take the lead. But if that Mars ego runs amok, you can forget about the divine core at your being, which is what Neptune keeps whispering for you to honor. So stay true to your inner divine child And let him or her steer the wheel. It may save you from getting lost, literally and metaphorically. And by the way, that repeats the message of needing to honor your Neptunian side, creativity, and soul life. Alright, since Mars wants to take us on an adventure, let's talk a little bit about adventure-seeking planet Jupiter which rules Sagittarius. Because Jupiter is going retrograde on Wednesday until the end of January. If you're new to astrology, a a planet is considered retrograde when it appears to be traveling backwards from the Earth's point of view. It's an optical illusion. If we looked at all of the planets from the Sun's point of view, there would be no retrograde planets. And when a planet goes retrograde, it tends to dampen the energy or in invert it. Uh, We tend to draw that in more like medicine instead of expressing it outwards. So what happens when Jupiter goes retrograde? Well, let's work it out. Jupiter's still in Gemini where he will remain until June of next year. Gemini is highly involved with social interactions. Uh, with communication and with all the toys that you use to communicate. Gemini is also very involved with ideas and developing intelligence. So with Jupiter going retrograde, much of this energy gets inverted. Just think of a tap that has been turned almost but not quite off. Drip. Drip. <laughs> it may sound annoying, but there's an opportunity with Jupiter retrograde to do some inner work. Check in with yourself around what you believe and what you don't believe. You know, your beliefs may have changed and maybe now you need to catch up with them. Or would you say you're gullible? If so, why? You know, check in with that. Get curious about yourself. By the way, you know, if you are one of those gullible types, um, well, first of all, welcome to my world. More importantly, um, Venus and Virgo. Can assist you in being more discriminating about where you get your so-called facts. All right, so do try to enjoy the Venus and Virgo transit. Um, Jupiter retrograde in Gemini may also see you going under the radar. You know, maybe you're going to spend less time on Facebook or or the other, uh, you know, social networking platforms, or maybe you're going to reduce the amount of TV that you watch, or you're going to drop a show that you just can't justify watching. Okay, honey, boo-boo. Now, as I say that, it occurs to me that there's some resonance between Venus and Virgo and Jupiter and Gemini. Uh, Gemini and Virgo are both immersed in information, and both are ruled by Mercury. So both of these transits, Venus and Virgo, Jupiter retrograde and Gemini, will likely have you exploring the validity of your ideas and what your brain is ingesting on a daily basis, and how you translate that for yourself into a value system and a world view. On a deeper level, Gemini is the sign of the twins. Uh, We all have this little lost twin that we're looking for, or we're trying to integrate back into our consciousness. So Jupiter Retrograde can help you reintegrate that lost twin, that lost piece of yourself. That takes deep inner work, and we have all kinds of additional cosmic help for that. And I'm thinking specifically about Mercury and Saturn moving into deeply psychological Scorpio. So let's start with the little messenger planet because Mercury's got a new agenda. This planet of communication and the conscious mind moves into Scorpio on Thursday alongside Saturn. Mercury and Saturn will be conjunct, or in the same space, on the first degree of deep Scorpio. Now, whereas Mercury is only going to be in Scorpio a few weeks, including some retrograde time next month, Saturn's going to hang out in Scorpio forever. The end. Kidding. Saturn will only be in Scorpio for two and a half years. I mean, two and a half years. That's easy, right? Compared to eternity. Okay. Mercury conjunct Saturn. That's a new cycle beginning between these two planets. Mercury representing the conscious mind, the way you think and take in data, and the way you communicate. And Saturn representing structure. Um, We're also talking slow and steady growth and maturation and mastery and achievement. Saturn also helps establish limits for your protection. So as these two planetary energies combine... I get the idea that we will be working with new ways to master our minds over these next 36 months. Oh, that brings us to, to that brings us to November, 2015, everybody. Wow. Um, okay. If, you, if you read your weekly forecast, it's astrology. Y'all know how important I feel it is to master the mind and to redirect your thoughts from fear to love. When you go into a negative spiral, and thank goodness, quantum physics has shown us that thought is energy, as much as oh, as much as that bowl of mashed potatoes with feta cheese that I killed last night. Mm-hmm. So when we understand that the word is the beginning of physical manifestation. We learn to use our words and thoughts as allies, and that's just one reason why Mercury's journey is essential for us to pay attention to. Okay, Scorpio. Scorpio is a water sign, meaning it has easy access to the emotional realm and to intuition. Think of Scorpio as the underworld. So Mercury is crossing the River Styx and taking us to a place of deep introspection, and your mind will get practice combining the rational and intuitive components of information. Let your mind do some deep thinking, and let your let your extrasensory perceptions be allowed their due. Uh, for people, you know, if you work with your claircognizance, clairsentience, or clairvoyance, if you do any kind of channeling or intuitive work, Mercury and Scorpio is going to fine-tune your antenna. Now, when we go mental diving in Scorpio's waters, it's not necessarily without trepidation. Am I right? After all, Scorpio's energy field gets us in touch with all kinds of spooky and taboo stuff. And maybe you don't want to know what's going on in your own personal underworld. Maybe you're afraid you're going to get lost there. Or maybe you fear being taken to a place you really don't want to go. That was Persephone's journey. If you recall Persephone from the Greek myths, she was abducted by Hades. Hades, a.k.a. Pluto, Scorpio's modern ruler. And Persephone became his reluctant queen of the underworld. Now, not to minimize the trauma that she suffered, uh, that's not the point of this story. She returned to the surface with a wealth of deep knowledge and wisdom that she couldn't have acquired if she'd stayed the innocent and unknowing maiden forever. And that's the point. This is true for all of us. There comes a point when we need to delve down and dig up the old dramas that keep sucking us in so we can let them go and grow up emotionally. It's 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 a type of weeding. And Mercury and Scorpio says, get rid of all the old garbage ideas and stories you have about yourself. Get with where you are today and live from that place. And... To make it safer for you to do that, Saturn's going to draw a nice big ring around the Scorpio energy field so you don't get lost while you're drilling down that rabbit hole. It's like having a trail of breadcrumbs to help you resurface. Cool, right? See, Saturn isn't as bad as some people like to make him out to be. All right, Saturn then. What to say about this heavyweight planet's shift from Libra, where he does his best work, into Scorpio? Personally, I think that Saturn's arrival in the feminine energy of Scorpio really nails down the vision that we are all returning to goddess awareness. You know, I am truly struck by something I never noticed until just a few months ago when I started gathering my research for a Saturn in Scorpio workshop. Look at Saturn's glyph. Uh, for newcomers to astrology, the glyph is glyph means symbol. So look at Saturn's symbol or draw it on a piece of paper um, or imagine it in your mind's eye. Or if you don't know what Saturn's symbol looks like, Google it, and you'll get all kinds of um, pretty pictures of Saturn, okay? It's got a cross, and that cross, by the way, represents the intersection of spirit and matter. But bulging from the right side is a big curve. Now, all of a sudden, as I was looking at Saturn's symbol, I saw a pregnant belly as I looked at that curve. Saturn's symbol can be construed as a pregnant woman in profile and her round and full belly is the container and container is a key word for Saturn because Saturn contains energy. It holds that energy. It fixes it into place. So this gorgeous full belly is a container for new life that grows within her. And, you know, we can take that, uh, literally and metaphorically. So in essence, Saturn is getting a sex change. Hooray! (laughs) Saturn is the father of patriarchy. And now, as he moves into this fertile and moist sign, it offers us all a way to restructure old patriarchal patterns and to reconnect to the divine feminine. And this is not in any way to suggest that uh, men are on their way down and women are on their way up. There's none of that nonsense. What I'm trying to say is we are coming into balance. We are coming into balance. Hallelujah. We are going to continue this exploration as Saturn gradually connects with the other planets in the solar system. Speaking of which, Neptune is the first planet that Saturn will aspect. As soon as he dips his toes in Scorpio's water, So see we've got Neptune raising his trident again. Neptune and Saturn are making a gorgeous trine now. Now they've been building towards this for months but it finally becomes perfected on Thursday. I think it's very telling that Neptune is Saturn's first contact. If Neptune is all about bringing us back to our spiritual core, then this scorpionic journey has the potential to bring us home. So Saturn and Neptune are combining to ask, what is your most ideal vision of who you can be and what our planet can be? And then they add, now make it so. There is practical magic in the meeting of these two planets. Am I wearing my rose-colored glasses? Mm Mm-hmm. You bet I am. But as a choice I'm consciously making, it is not a default position. Just to to clarify, there is a type of exchange between Neptune and Pisces, which is a sort of heavenly place, and Saturn and Scorpio, which in its shadow state can be like a living hell. And personally, I'm interested in heaven on earth. I am not really that interested in the apocalypse, okay? As much as I can watch The Walking Dead as the next person, um, I want to keep my thoughts focused on ideal outcomes. Notice I said my thoughts. That's Mercury again, and Mercury is trining Neptune as well because he's connected to Saturn on this journey. So as Mercury trines Neptune this week, what are you thinking of? What are you dreaming of? And do you realize that your imagination, that's Neptune, is your greatest tool for shaping your dreams and bringing them to fruition? All right. Before I turn this podcast into a full-length audiobook, let me wrap up. But know that we are so not done discussing Saturn in Scorpio. There is so much for us to understand about this transit. I I literally have tingles. And there's much more to this transit than, you know, the obvious femme fatale and Saturn castration narratives. Time. Time falls under Saturn's domain, and we're going to notice how differently we flow through it. What else? Um, The redistribution of global resources, now that Saturn and Pluto are in mutual reception. And... What would a good Scorpio journey be without talking about emotional and sexual intimacy, power, and S&M? But all of these we'll have to keep for future podcasts. For now, just to give you an idea of where I'm coming from, I do believe that we are entering a concentrated passage of time in which we can once and for all unite the sacred feminine and masculine with Saturn's sojourn through Scorpio. Might this transit be a gateway to true power? Something to chew on until we meet again. In the meantime, my lovelies, I offer you this, a 15% discount on most of my services this month to honor the new energy that we have been flooded with in this, our first week of October. Connect with me through starstruckastrology.org and let me know how I can best be of service to you. Furthermore, If you would like to offer your feedback on this Astrology Rocks podcast, I encourage you to do so on iTunes. When you do that, you help keep Sastrology's profile high, and that matters because Jeffrey Kishner, editor and publisher of SAS, has made that website a labor of love, and he has a roster of incredibly talented astrologers who write on a whole string of fascinating topics, and I personally feel very blessed to be part of that team. I am Michelle Suzanne, and I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Bye-bye.